Did you know that on February 11th of this year, the Urantia book will have been, or at least the idea of the Urantia revelation has been in existence for 100 years? We're going to talk about that next, but I want to remind you that the Fellowship and the Foundation in Chicago is having a huge event on February 11th, actually February 10th and 11th, Friday and Saturday. And you can attend via Zoom or you can go in person if you'd like, but either way, you need to reach out to the Foundation. Uh, email Urantia Chicago and get full details, Chicago at gmail.com. And you'll get full information on this exciting 100-year anniversary. In a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about the Revelation 100 years later when we continue. February 11th, 2023 marks 100 years since the Urantia Revelation was born. It was born in Chicago at 533 Diversity Parkway, a building that still stands and is home to the Urantia Foundation. There's a lot, a lot of information online about it. There's no shortage of information online. So I won't give you all the details except to say that this website is, a, is an examination of that revelation. And I'm just going to be upfront and honest with you. You're looking at something that is so revelatory that people don't even look at it. The, vol- the sheer volume of the contents is is overwhelming. It truly is a spectacular uh, collection of writings uh, that that completely portray a vibrant and living universe. It says it's a gift of the gods. And I'm not a religious man. But I'm a man of intelligence and thought, and I have studied the Urantia Revelation for 40 years. I have had thousands of discussions with people through that time, others from around the world who have also studied the Urantia Papers. And we don't sit around and and pat ourselves on the back for, for being smart enough to discover the Revelation. We're humbled by it. We're humbled by it so much that we we don't understand why other people aren't shouting about it from the rooftops. This should be headline headline news. This should be something that 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 screams attention. But because a third of it is dedicated to the life and teachings of Jesus, you immediately eliminate Christians. Uh, because Christians feel threatened when anything about Christ comes their way that didn't come from the Bible. And then you have the rest of humanity that doesn't like Jesus, so they're not interested. And that's the world we live in today, folks. So the, the gods have given us a revelation of truth 
a history book of the cosmos, a detailed ex explanation of how we got here, and no one wants to read it. It reminds me of, of when they nailed Jesus to the cross. Nobody wanted to hear what he had to say. He made people uncomfortable. He made a lot of rich and powerful people very uncomfortable because he dared to say that God belonged to everybody. Not just them. And so now we have a book 2,000 years later that tells us that God belongs to everybody. And uh, only a few people hear, hear the message. But it's growing. It's growing. Um, it's, it's something that you cannot ignore. You simply cannot ignore it. You know, there were some original criticisms about the Urantia book. And Dr. William Sadler, who was part of the contact commission, who, who made it possible, although he didn't write it and he didn't have any impact, uh, impact on its narrative, he was able to make it possible for the Urantia book to come into existence. And the reason that's true is because he treated a patient who acted as a conduit of sorts that was able to communicate intelligently from the other side about the goings-on of the Arantia Papers. And so, again, without getting into too much detail, Dr. William Sadler was part of the process of bringing people together who could review and study the Arantia book and the papers as they were coming through. And I use that term as they were coming through with a specific meaning. No one knows who wrote the Arantia papers. They were in handwritten form when we saw them. Did a patient of Dr. Sadler act as a channeling conduit? We don't know. Dr. Sadler is emphatic about his point that there is no automatic writing or channeling associated with the Rancho Papers. He went to his grave, by the way, saying that people that are involved in the study of the Rancho book, even before it was published, will swear on a stack of Bibles that there was no supernatural event connected with the appearance of these papers other than the fact of the appearance themselves. Now, some speculate that it was probably a midware that took translation. As Dr. Sadler's son, Bill Sadler, once said, if you were sitting in the room at the time that the Arantia papers were written, what you might see is a pencil floating in space, writing on pieces of paper. But that's all you'd see. What you wouldn't see is that the midwayer is sitting there holding the pencil who's invisible to the mortal eyes and he's listening to dictation from the superior seraphim who might be getting the original message from the author, a high spirit being who authored the paper in question. Now there are 196 papers. So... Criticisms after the book was published from members of religious circles because when they first published the book, they started sending it out, the foundation. And one of the criticisms that Bill Sadler writes about, and all of this is available on urantia.org, 
if you look at study aids. Criticisms. Number one, theologians and seminary professors will never endorse the Arantia book. That's the number one criticism of the Arantia book. That seminary professors, people of, of theology, people who are learned, people who, whose backgrounds are in Christian teachings or Judeo-Christian teachings or Judaic teachings. And so Sadler's response to this criticism was, once upon a time, the imprisoned John sent messengers to Jesus inquiring about the certainty of his teachings and his mission. Did Jesus send word to John saying, quote, go tell John the doctors of the law and the professors of the rabbinic academies of Jerusalem are accepting the gospel. The leaders of the Pharisees and the Sadducees are being baptized. Even some of the chief priests and leading citizens of Jerusalem are flocking to our standard. No, Jesus did not send that message to John. But he did say to John, Go back and tell John he has not forgotten. Tell him what you have seen and heard, that the poor have good tidings preached to them. From Mark 12:37 in the in the New Testament, quote, the common people heard him gladly. So I want to bring this point up to the fact that one of the areas of the world where the Arantia book and indeed Christianity still flourishes is Africa. Africa is the is the number one continent in the growth of contemporary Christianity. There are more Christians emerging every year in Africa than in any other country. Isn't that amazing? Africa is the poorest country on the planet, has the most impoverished people, the most starvation. It's also the largest country ruled mostly by despots and Marxists, people who uh, will kill you if you declare yourself a Christian. And yet Christianity thrives. Meanwhile, in the West, a Christian nation based on Judeo-Christian values and what is it now? 35% people say they're Christians. 65% say they're not. And who's having all the problems? The corruption. Well, Africa has its corruption. Just as America has its corruption. But the corruption in America also filters down like a river. And we have corruption in the streets. We have anarchy. We have protests against law enforcement. We have media that is intent on dividing people with class, race, gender struggles. So we're, we're not a, a, a nation of God-fearing, God-loving you know, citizens. Far from it. We love our liberty so much that we want to have a right to do whatever we want without question. We want free will, but we don't think about where that free will comes from and why that free will is there. Things are not looking good in the West, but that's not why we do this podcast. We don't. We're not going to focus on that. What we are going to focus on, the fact, is that we are in the midst of a revelation. 
and you can investigate how it got here, who wrote it, how it came to be, or you can just pick up the damn book and start reading. And I'll give you a good place to start. Start from part three of the book, The History of Our Planet. Start there. Read the whole thing, all the way up to paper 119. Read it, because if you have a good idea of how our planet got here, and how life formed, you'll begin to see the reality that the universe is not one big giant accident. That's the lie that you've been told. If you're a, a former Christian who walked away from the church, stop right there. I've got something to show you. I've got something that'll blow you away. If you're an atheist who's hell-bent on proving to the world that God doesn't exist, stop right there. I want to challenge you. Start from part one of the book. Just read the first five papers. And then put it down and walk away. And then in five days, call me up. Send me an email. Radio at gmail.com And tell me that your Urantia book didn't change your mind. And you realized all along that you were wrong. That life isn't one big, that life is not one big accident. And that you're an accident of, 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 imagine if you told your children, oh, we didn't want to have you. Oh, you were an accident. Me and mom were coming back from a party one night. We actually said, we don't want kids. And then boom, nine, nine months later, you're born. Imagine if you told a child how they would feel. Uh, to know that they're an accident of nature. There's no purpose. Well, that's basically what science tells us. So, you want to go ahead? Believe that? Believe that you're just an accident of nature? There's no purpose to what you're doing? There's no meaning in your life? How's that working out for you? You know that, what is it? four-tenths, 40% of American adults now are taking some form of antidepressant. Isn't that something? How's that working out for you? It's not working out very good, is it? You know, I, I point out the fact that the uh, if you want to jump on Christianity or if you want to say that you know religion is bad because it excludes people, I'm going to tell you to stop right there. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about an idea. And the idea is that you are here for a purpose. And that you are endowed with a spirit. And that is where that free will comes from. No other, no other animal has free will. They have instinct. And they want to eat. And everything is about preservation. But that's not free will. Free will is when you can decide, for example, not to steal something from somebody. Free will is choosing to treat someone with respect or helping someone out who is in danger. You could choose not to, but that free will is motivated by whatever motivates you. If you're motivated by goodness and a desire to serve other, then you're putting your free will uh, in the best possible light. But if your free will is about stealing and taking 
and just grabbing whatever you can get to better your own life at the expense of others, then that free will is being abused. That's what animals do. So depending on the kind of world you want to live in, uh, I, I would argue that there's a lot of wonderful things that await and all of it is described in the Arantia book. So if your life is miserable or religion has failed you or your marriage has failed you or your life has failed you, pick up the Arantia book. It's free. If you got a smartphone, download the app. Look for Blue Book. I think it's called the Blue Book or just search in the app store for Urantia. Hell, you found this podcast, didn't you? And then we'll talk again. My email address, urantiabookradio at gmail.com. Answer any question you have for me. As we check into the revelation on this podcast. And I'll be back shortly. <laughs>